0: I mean, if we look at it, um, you know, in the December number, we saw uh, the, the first rise in new car sales in a very long period of time. You know, something like uh, 48 months to, so to witness the first rise in new car sales. After a sharp decline um, in 2016, we witnessed the first rise in January after a long time. Um, you know, the momentum wasn't carried all the way through into February with the flat new car sales year and year for the month of February. But, you know, I think uh, if we go down and look a little bit deeper into the numbers, they are quite encouraging because, in fact, uh, what we saw was uh, new passenger vehicle sales uh, slumping quite sharply by about 4.5%, meaning that the consumer, you know, is still not out to buy the big ticket items like new cars. And, uh, you know, the consumer is still under a bit of pressure from a very lackluster economy last year. Um, but, you know, if we look at some of the other numbers like lighter, like buckeys and light uh, trucks and minivans, Um, You know, those numbers seem to be very encouraging, with buckies up about 6.5%, light trucks up over 9%, meaning that, uh, you know, these are really business vehicles, or vehicles that businesses buy in order to conduct uh, their business operations. So, you know, I think this is in line with what we've been seeing in the business confidence sector, you know, with numbers really uh, improving quite strongly there, and, uh this us build well for investment back into the economy from corporates, and we've seen that corporates are starting to uh, unlock some of that cash. We see new businesses are starting to feel more confident about their ability to earn a profit over the next 12 months than they did during 2016. Um, you know, so this is all starting to add to the snowball effect of positive uh, economic momentum, to China, and let's get South Africa positive, and let's get economic growth going. It's the only way, uh, you know, we're going to grow our way out of the debt troubles that we have. Um, you know, from the from from the budget speech, it's the only way that we're going to reduce inequality. It's the only way that we're going to get our unemployment rate down from the 27% uh, where it currently is. So uh, let's hope that this continues to uh, create a snowball effect for positive economic momentum. Indeed, and Nadir, also um, where to for food inflation in South Africa? That's another worrying one. This, this is a critical point, Christine. I mean, we've seen food inflation been running rampant for a while now. Obviously, uh, we're still feeling the effects of the, of the severe drought uh, you know, over 2013 and 2016, biting at food prices um, over the last 12 months. If you look at it, the headline CPI number uh, coming in at 6.6% for the month of January. We obviously still uh, await the month of February numbers. Uh, but if you look at food inflation, it's coming in at almost double that. Uh, you know, coming in at almost 11% year year. here. And, here. Um, and, you know, this is predominantly due to staples going up quite significantly. You know, there's quite an interesting study that was done uh, with regards to a basket of 23 basic food items uh, purchased at a major retailer, in fact, at Matchmark, And the price of that goods were measured in February last year, August last year, and February this year. Um, you know, and we, I think what's encouraging for the consumer um, is that between August last year and February this year, we've seen a slight decline in some of these product prices, um, you know, with uh, some of the more luxury items, you know, one looks at Ultramar custard, one looks at a 80-gram slab of Cadbury chocolate uh, in particular that's witnessed some of the decline. Uh, but the staple food price is still under a bit of pressure, Christina, and the, the heavy rain which we've been having recently and the alleviation of the drought, uh, that obviously while to see, see, see uh, some of the, into the inflation numbers, just as the dots go while to see through into the inflation numbers. So, um, you know, we're going to have to witness a couple of things here. One, how do the food producers behave, i.e. do they pass on all the cost savings from uh, reduced, uh, from increased crop, crop yield onto the consumer, or do they, uh, you know, absorb it into an extra margin? Because remember, some of the food producers have also been holding back on some of the uh, increases in order to drive their revenue, so their margins... Have taken a knock. I mean, if you look at uh, Shoprite, they they, they reported uh, a more than doubling of internal inflation from 2.7 percent to 7.7 we percent. Woolworths, uh, you know, reporting an increase in internal inflation uh, to above seven and a half percent. So, a lot of these retailers have been absorbing um, a lot of these increased costs into their in, in, uh, into their businesses, and as a result, their margin has taken an impact. So. You know, one must question as uh, when, when crop yields increase and we see food producers, you know, starting to drop their prices, are the end retailers going to pass that uh, savings onto the consumer? Um, and one will only have to hope so, Sakina, because food inflation really is running rampant, and it really does provide some context as to why Minister Gordon, you know, as a, a ch- and his team at National Treasury chose to um, introduce higher income taxes and higher dividend taxes, i.e. a higher wealth tax as opposed to going for increased VATs, because, you know, increased VATs really will increase inflation even further and push up those food prices even more, and ultimately the poor will be the largest, you know, will, will bear the largest brunt of those increased VATs, that increased VAT rate. Well, thank you, know, you. We're hoping food price inflation comes under under control. Indeed we do. Thank you so much. Uh, Nadir Token. Uh, we'll speak again tomorrow morning, Nadir Token of twenty seven four investment managers.